Hello, everybody, and welcome to the November 30th, 2020 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I'm your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Ephraim Josine. And, ladies and gentlemen, before we begin, I should note that I had a cameo role in a video made by my good friend, Leo Convoy. Um, he reviews a comic where Superman, the Superman, fights the Ku Klux Klan. And I got to voice a Klansman at one point. Link to that description. You get to hear me say uh, some dialogue, nonetheless. And it is, it was fun. It was actually really fun just to get to say that. Um, so yeah, give that a listen. Link below in the info box. Anyway, um, here's the story I actually wanted to start the show with. That being the tale of the Utah monolith. Uh, <laughs> Here's the original article on that in Reason Magazine. Giant metal monolith discovered in Utah desert, possibly extraterrestrial, definitely a code violation. Which, let me tell you, is a very, very funny article from Reason. Um, this was, by the way, less than a week ago. It was six days ago at time of recording, which I did not expect. I thought it was like at least two weeks ago by now. Anyway, I did not cover this when it first happened, when I first read about it, which also might be the cause of the time distortion, in part because I didn't want to jump on the bandwagon and say, oh, it's definitely aliens. I'll read you a little bit more of the article, and then I'll tell you my opinions on extraterrestrials and aliens as it is. Um... But I didn't want to look like a sensationalist hack. I didn't want Peaceful Globalist Review to look like, you know, TMZ or Ancient Aliens or Hard Copy for those who are a little older. Remember that show, Hard Copy? That was the show that started the rumor that Elton John had AIDS. Yeah, they were disgusting people. On Monday, the Utah Department of Public Safety announced that members of its Aereo Bureau while performing a count of bighorn sheep in Red Rock Desert in the southern east portion of the state last week, came across a large metal monolith in the remote region. One of the biologists is the one who spotted it, and we just so happened to fly directly over the top of it, said DPS helicopter pilot Brett Hedgings to local TV station KSL. He was like, whoa, 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 turn around, turn around. And I was like, what? And he was like, there's this thing back there. We've got to go look at it. And I do not blame him for that reaction, by the way. Uh, who or what might have placed the 10 to 12 foot structure in the middle of the desert is shrouded in mystery. Hutchings told KSL that it looked like a new age art installation. EPS spokesperson Lieutenant Nick Street said the monolith was assembled using stainless steel and pop rivets, suggesting human origins, but making it hard to guess its age. It could have been placed there 50, 60 years ago, and because of the material it's made out of, it hasn't weathered, it was meant not to, Street told USA Today, adding, it's definitely an interesting installation. The monolith's location will remain classified, of course, because you can't have us proles look at it and actually ask questions. Who would do such a thing? You know, you'd think that we were the general public and that we deserved answers or something. 
Uh, DPS said, for fear people will endanger themselves by trying to hike to the isolated structure. Now I want to see, like, a sequel to Fear and Loathing uh, about trying to find the Utah monolith. I've been going through a Hunter S. Thompson thing recently. I'm sorry. Uh, one certainly hopes the origins of the structure are terrestrial. There would be few better ways to sour Earth's reputation in the galaxy than exposing off-planet visitors to onious restrictions and red tape we place on development for, of federal lands. After all, being capable of interstellar space travel has almost certainly involved past the need for such barbaric regulation. Just gotta love Reason Magazine, you really do. Um, but no, this thing was getting spread all around social media. 2020 in general has been a bit of a year for UFOs. This is the same year early on the phenomenon came out, which is currently on Disney+. And I would recommend giving it a watch if you haven't already. And it has people up to the former Senate Majority Leader, Harry Reid, directly say that yeah, there's stuff about UFOs that we don't know. And, and let me just tell you, when you got people that high up in government saying it, then there is something going on. And I do firmly believe, I have looked into UFOs several times over the past several years, and I've found cases like Phil Schneider, for example, the man who claimed while he was working in, I believe it was Mexico, to have found a secret underground base where government was hiding aliens gave talks about this, his life was threatened several times, and then he mysteriously died. As happens, uh, there was the 1995, I believe, Disney Channel documentary, and this was a serious documentary, by the way. This was seriously produced by Disney Channel. Um, it even opened with a cameo from the man who steals people's dreams himself, Michael Eisner directly saying that aliens had even visited President Carter. And this was only aired once in, I believe it was 95, supposedly to promote a ride at Disneyland that closed roughly seven months later. As just happens sometimes, I don't see anything suspicious about that. Um, but no, I firmly do believe there are things government is not telling us regarding aliens. And mind you, I've seen, like, the actual loony theories. I've read things like Behold a Pale Horse, which you don't know is William Cooper's book. And by the way, I will start covering, because this is getting more in the mainstream consciousness, because that's what I was afraid of. I didn't want Peaceful Globalist Review to look like the show William Cooper used to host. Um, End Times Prophecies or something, despite the fact that, you know, Cooper, despite my massive disagreements with him, on actual policy was when it comes to the weird stuff covering all the interesting stuff. I, I will be covering more of this in the future. I will be covering more conspiracies and I will be covering more weird alien shit. If only because like this stuff deserves to be covered in large part because at this point there's just undeniable evidence we're being lied to. That's the thing that bothers me. I would not be covering this under any situation unless there was undeniable proof. You know, I like to think of Peaceful Globalist Review as the most open-minded podcast for news out there. If you have a story, I'll cover it as long as you have evidence.
And yeah, there are questions that remain unanswered. This Utah monolith is just the most recent example. Um, it even got a Wikipedia page, despite only being discovered less than a week ago. I'm going to read you the start of that. The Utah monolith was, and we'll get to why they're saying was in a minute, a metallic pillar that stood in a red sandstone slot canyon in southern eastern Utah. The 10-foot, 3-meter tall structure was made of metal sheets riveting together into the shape of triangular prisms facing into giant cracks in the rock. And there are other examples, by the way, of structures that just appear impossible. Um, Graham Hancock has done tons of work on this. But the to believe the mainstream story of even how the pyramids were built completely defies everything we know about basic geo uh, not geography or geology now that I think about it. geometry that's the one it defies geometry it might defy geology I don't know probably doesn't defy geography to my understanding uh, although who would know who would know and of course there's also Machu Picchu where the rocks are so close together, you can't even get a hair through it. There are those weird structures in South America that are like one line, that if you follow it, it looks like nothing, but from the top you see it's like a spider or something. How did those get there? Did someone just sit there and draw a spider for miles for centuries? Or not for centuries, centuries before we would even know what it was? That, that doesn't make any sense. The official narrative regarding a lot of these structures, simply put, does not make any sense. It doesn't. Uh, but we're going to read a little bit more of this. It was unlawfully placed on public land. Yeah, that's the big issue here. Presumably in 2015 or 2016, in November 2020, state biologists discovered it while doing a helicopter survey of wild sheep. Within days, members of the public found a location with Google Maps and made their way to the labyrinth location. Who made the monolith and why are a mystery, though not without speculation. Following worldwide media coverage of the monolith's discovery, it was cov covertly removed days later by an unknown party. That's what officially inspired me to cover it. it was the fact that out of nowhere, this giant monolith, several feet tall, ten feet tall, according to this, just disappear. Did someone put it in their pocket? Is that what happened? Did, did the FBI place it in their pocket? No, no, that doesn't make any sense. Nothing about this makes any sense. From the Daily Wire. Mysterious monolith found in remote Utah wilderness mysteriously disappeared. And just like that, it's gone. Last week, a group from the... Yeah, yeah, you already read this. Now, poof, it's disappeared. We have received credible reports that the illegally installed... Of course, that's what's important here. Uh, structure referred to as the monolith has been removed. The state's Bureau of Land Management, BLM, not that BLM, said in a Facebook post on Saturday. Who took it? An unknown party, the BLM says. The BLM did not remove the structure, which is considered private property. We do not investigate crimes involving private property. Y yeah, obviously, obviously. 
mysterious fucking 12-foot monolith appears, we have to make sure it technically follows all the rules before we investigate it. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, without a doubt in my mind. Just, without a doubt in my mind, dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um... Let's see, the structure has received international and national attention, and we received reports that a person or group removed it on the evening of November 27th. So just like that, just like that, a 12-foot structure disappears. And you know what? You know what? The people are waking up. They really are. The people are waking up. I'm being dead serious, and I was talking about this um, long ago, back when I tried doing interviews with Salvia Goris, when I pointed out that something like ExpressVPN would never have been advertised by mainstream media like it is now. I feel like that's the case with a lot of what's going on right now. We are, make no mistake, living in a radical political era. I remember I said um, to Scott Howard after George Floyd died that that was the beginning of the end of the state as we know it, and I still stand by that. Uh, we are going to see tons more of these stories. Uh, and we need to actually, as a public, figure out what's going on. We really do. We need to demand answers on things like this. This giant 12-foot monolith just disappears out of nowhere. And that scene is normal. Don't question it. Don't question it. Go back to sleep, America. Your government has figured it out. Don't you worry. It just disappeared. And they're probably going to make up some nonsense excuse. Ah, uh, honey, did you hear that? Uh, they found out that actually this guy had a 12-foot packet. And that's how he stole that Utah monolith. I, I'm very happy we're free. <laughs> I stole that from Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks was so great. Shame he's dead now. Um, God, if Bill Hicks had seen something like 9-11 or the Second Iraq War, his mind would have just been blown at what people are believing. They would have killed him. They would have killed him. No doubt about that. Um, so yeah, we're just seeing right now that... The destruction of narratives, the destruction of trust and institutions, in large part because of things like this. You think this would have been covered by national media a couple of decades ago? Like, maybe InfoWars would have covered it. And a few groups on, like, Usenet or whatever people were using in 2000 would have covered it. But no, this would have been... Nothing. This would have been an offhand story on CNN once. It would not have attracted the attention it's getting now. And if you told somebody about it, they, they wouldn't believe you. You'd sound crazy. But now we're entering a situation where people realize their government is corrupt, where people realize what's going on. Quite possibly the only good thing the Trump administration did was permanently collapse any trust the American public had in government. I'm going to say that right now. And you know what? I'm very happy to be one of the people recording on this. Throughout 2021, this is going to be one of the main stories whenever I see it. Now, I won't get to see it every day. This isn't going to become like an alien conspiracy show. 
But no, I will be covering more conspiracy theories from here on out. I've been wanting to do that for a while, but, you know, the election kind of took up a lot of it. Because there are things we simply don't know. While also, of course, debunking the official conspiracy theories about China. We even have one uh, for the third segment today, and it's going to be absolutely amazing. Anyway, uh, so as Florida is almost going to hit 1 million cases on its own, and by the way, uh, the state with the worst rates right now in terms of per capita is South Dakota, of which the governor is a 2024 GOP frontrunner as of right now. And also she banned Native Americans from having their own independent health checkpoints because if they don't die, how is she going to blame it on China? Exactly. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, a man who, by the way, only wanted her very questionable circumstances, said, uh, did the following. This is from Manuel Bozarquez, a reporter for CBS. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says public schools will remain open with a virtual option. Remember that. Remember that. He called closing schools for virus maintainment or mitigation the biggest public health blunder in U.S. history. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that. I like this argument, by the way. Even if you believe that COVID has a very low infection rate among kids in schools, which it does, it does, to be clear, it has a low infection rate and a fairly low transmission rate. Um, the fact is, that's the worst public health crisis or public health management, really? Like, we, we've let epidemics run through our streets before. Anyone who's had AIDS would like to have a word with you probably beyond the grave because they're dead, because we spent like six, seven years just thinking that was God's punishment for being gay. Um, but, okay, okay, here's the part I wanted to talk about, though. And labeled those who believe schools should close due to COVID surges, today's flat earthers. Well, first off, Ron, today's flat earthers are just flat earthers, okay? Those are bigger right now than they've been in multiple millenniums. Um, but really, today's flat earthers, like a non-insignificant portion of the population would take that as a compliment, Ron. You idiot. You really are stupid, you know that? You also don't believe your own bullshit, and I can prove you don't believe your own bullshit right now. Tell me, tell me, Governor DeSanchez, if this really is the case, if it really is the case, that, oh my god, not only should we not close schools because of COVID surges, but the people who do believe that we should close them are today's flat earthers. Yeah, um, I, I don't want to get too personal, but that was actually the ideology a few school districts in Ohio had, which is where I live. It wasn't the best idea, and that's all I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> 
Like, some schools actually reopened and had to go back to full remote about two months later in Ohio because it was such a failure, because there were so many kids getting COVID. Really? Today's Flat Earthers? I don't remember the Flat Earthers being even close to that accurate. And, but back to my proof you don't believe your own bullshit. If it really is the case that people who think we should close schools because of COVID surges are today's flat earthers, tell me, why the fuck did you give parents a virtual option in the first place? Now, I don't live in Florida. I don't. So I do not know if this were the case before. But did Florida give all parents remote learning options before the pandemic? Because I severely doubt that. I truly severely doubt that, truth be told. You know, I just it strikes me as something that's doubtable. You know what this is? Um, this is one of two things. It's either some sort of sly political move. Where what the Sanchez is hoping for is that enough parents won't send their kids back to school to where he can claim, look, we reopened, you didn't reopen, by the way. And we don't have any more, we don't have all these new cases we were warned about. When in actuality, like, half of the parents still took their kids out of school because they didn't trust Ron DeSanchez. Which is my recommended strategy, by the way. Do not trust Rhonda Sanchez. Do not let your kid in Florida into a public school unless you want them to get COVID despite Rhonda Sanchez. Which, to be blunt, I don't blame you at this point. Uh, no. Or, or this is what Daniel Dennett has coined belief in belief. Now, for those who don't know what that means, that's when you profess to believe in something, you might even think you believe it. You might even truly believe you believe it. But in actuality, you don't believe it, and the evidence for that is that your mental model of the universe behaves as if the thing you believe is not true. Take this, for example. Ron DeSantis, we, we've read the quote several times, believes that if you or believes to believe that not only should schools reopen, but if you believe they don't, you are a flat earther in his mind. You believe the planet is flat. Well, okay, then why does his mental model of the universe behave otherwise? You're the governor. You have the ability to say all schools have to reopen fully. He doesn't do that. Instead, he gives them a remote option. I mean, seriously. You cannot make this up. So this is, this is my little challenge to Rhonda Sanchez. If you truly believe this is the case, then why aren't you reopening fully? Why aren't you reopening schools fully? Is it because you think this isn't the case? Is it because you think there's a chance it might not be the case? I don't care what it is. I really don't. And by the way, if Ron DeSantis were to come out tomorrow and say, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm near certain COVID can't transmit among schools. As such, I'm letting the schools reopen, but parents can still take their kids out. 
That would be fine. That would be fine. I disagree with that, and I voice criticism of it, but it would be, at the very least, him being honest. No, instead, he wants to grab it and just run to the finish line, pure Trumpian style, if you will, and directly say that if you believe this isn't the case, you're a flat earther. Yet, some part of him must believe this isn't the case. Does he believe the Earth is flat? I don't know. I really don't know what to do anymore. Of course, Ron DeSantis is a top 2024 Republican frontrunner, by the way. Um, it's very likely he's going to make an attempt to run for president in 24, or 28, possibly, if Biden gets a second term. So keep an eye on this man, because he does have a chance of being part of the future of the Republican Party. But as it stands, no, not only is he an idiot, he's a dishonest idiot, as far as I'm concerned. And you know what? I don't mind idiocy nearly as much as I mind dishonesty. And if there's one word I've always been able to use to describe Ron DeSantis, it is dishonest. Anyway, last thing to talk about is Newsweek over the past couple months has gone insane. It has. And I know, ever since it made Josh Hammer its opinion editor, it will be very obvious that they have gone insane. And we used to read from Newsweek a lot. We don't read from them nearly as much as we used to. So we're going to try and read another article from them. I saw this on Twitter, and I actually just quote tweeted it with the caption, People believe this. Because there are people out there who do believe this. Seriously, there are people out there who think this is true. Um, remember, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist if you believe that that Utah monolith meant something. Um, but, let's read what the smart people believe. China wants your DNA, and it's up to no good. It started causing trouble in the neighborhood. Got in one little fight, my mom got scared and said, I'm moving to live with your, you're moving to live with your aunt and uncle in Bel Air. I don't know that verse that well. Uh, <laughs> written by Gordon G. Chang, the author of the book, The Coming Collapse of China, which was written in 2001. He has since argued that the collapse of China is just 20 years away for several years. Uh, <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. I I have to read this. He claims that the... This is from Wikipedia, so grain of salt. That the hidden, non-performing loans of the big four Chinese state banks would likely bring down Chinese financial systems and its communist government in 2006, 2011, 2012, 2016... In 2017. This is the cold fusion of China Hawks. This is honestly the cold fusion of China Hawks. Just, it's always 20 years away, guys. It's always 20 years away. That's Gordon G. Chang's life. Uh, he's also called the South Korean president, a North Korean agent. Not even going to try and wrap my hand head around that. This is a big hawk, okay? And for the record, because this might be what you'd get if you looked at him, to my understanding, he's not a defector or anything. 
I, I know, it's very hard to believe a guy with the last name Chang is Asian. Uh, but no, to my understanding, he's not a defector or anything. He was born in the U.S., has been in the U.S. for decades on end, and he's just a conservative political blogger. Yeah, according to his Wikipedia page, he was born in New Jersey. So just keep that in mind. Uh, because you think most of the audience knows that? No, they think they're probably getting someone with intel. No. Now, and by the way, I'm not implying all his fans are racist or anything. I'm just implying it's a typical human reaction. Maybe because all humans have that impression. Who knows? Who knows? But let's read what this New Jersey writer has to say. Okay, he, here's the article. We need to further harmonize policies and standards and establish fast tracks to facilitate the orderly flow of personnel, said Chinese ruler Xi Jinping on the virtual G20 leaders summit on November 21st. China has proposed a global mechanism the mutual recognition of health certification based on nuclear or nucleal, nu nucleal. I know what they're referring to. Um, I believe it's just a specific building block of DNA, but I can't pronounce it for the life of me. Acid test results in the form of internationally accepted QR codes. We hope more countries will join this mechanism. This sounds like something a cartoon character would say, and I would very much like a citation for this. Um, which, luckily, luckily for us, they do actually provide. That specifically being the official state newspaper of China translated into English, I guess. Um, which, by the way, I thought we weren't supposed to trust. Really makes me think, personally. But, uh, okay, okay, I'm being dismissive. It sounds like Xi Jinping just caught a bad case of the hyperbole, but I am being a little dismissive. Let's read some more. No, this is not a benign proposal to facilitate international travel and trade. It sounds like he's doing a kind of metaphorical... Topic for that, but okay. On the contrary, this is almost certainly another Chinese invitation to enlarge its collection of the DNA of the world's population. And why does China want such sensitive data? Beijing is determined to dominate the biotech industry. Beijing may also be developing biological weapons designed to target certain ethnic groups. So, what you're telling me, Mr. Newsweek author, is that China has weapons of mass destruction. Or they're creating weapons of mass destruction. I, I totally believe this. The U.S. has never lied about that before. In any event, the I like this, by the way, designed to target certain ethnic groups. That is, I have several questions about your, or apparently China's, understanding of anatomy. Like, what are they going to do exactly? Do they, what?
This is like smacking of a weird proposal written by a race realist. I don't know if this guy's a race realist, which is the nice way of saying racist, but this strikes me as something only a race realist would be concerned about because it would only make sense to them. Um, but, okay, I, again, maybe I'm being unfair, just maybe, just maybe. In any event, the Chinese Communist Party's relentless effort to collect health data should be alarming the rest of the world. Okay, you got any citations for this? You got Xi Jinping making a statement, well, that is concerning, I'll give you that, but you got any evidence? China's state media claims the country... By the way, I love how his main source for this is China's state media. Very odd they'd admit this on state media, of all things. Like, is, is that something dictators and authoritarian nations normally do? Like, does Kim Jong-un regularly go on North Korean media to talk about how there's a massive famine in this country? I, I don't think so. That's not something they'd normally admit. Now, I don't know if this fellow can speak Chinese, but what I'm saying is I need a better source than a translation of Chinese state media, of all things. Like, this should be an independent report. China's state media claims the country already has the world's largest database of genetic material, and since when have dictators over-exaggerated? I'm pretty sure that's illegal. 80 million profiles, but Beijing wants more. Oh my god. This is the same thing, by the way, they constantly did during the Cold War. Guys, remember when they were trying to convince us that the commies were coming, the commies were coming. The Russians were going to invade California if we didn't first, if we didn't take over Korea and Vietnam and Grenada and Nicaragua and Iran and all these other nations and Panama. Well, not Panama wasn't until a little later. They would always use numbers created by their enemies to beef up their threat as evidence that actually we need to go to war with them. And of course, most of those numbers were utter bullshit. Occasionally, these numbers would just be completely made up. There was one very infamous example where the CIA over-exaggerated the population of Russia to 150% of what it actually was, one and a half times what it actually was. In a massive country like Russia, that's rather important. You know, I'd be surprised if it's one-tenth of this, truth be told. I'd be surprised if this even exists, for one. But if it did, I'd really be surprised if it was 8 million people, let alone 80 million. She, in his remarks, did not propose a mandatory system of QR codes, but that is what he apparently has in mind. The Communist Party's Global Times has recently been advocating a, quote, green health code as a prerequisition for flight boarding. Yeah, no shit, you think a pandemic is going on or something. The U.S. has similar policies. You can't get on a plane if you have COVID. That's just an objective fact. 
Is the U.S. also trying to steal our citizens' DNA and expand that to take over the biotech industry? No, you dumbass. You are a dumbass. There's no way around it. You are simply a dumbass. New Zealand, I know, also has these, like, you can't get off a flight and just enter New Zealand without um, first getting your temperature checked to make sure you don't have COVID-19, or at least they had that for a little bit. Are they trying to steal your DNA? No. No, this is utter nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Already, the Chinese embassy in Canada has announced that China-bound passengers must have a QR code with a mark denoting either Chinese citizen or foreigner. That sounds like the visa tracking system Republicans advocate for in the U.S., Alright, and now, mind you, if you want to say they're authoritarian, I'll agree with you. If you want to say that's stupid, I'll agree with you. But that's not trying to steal your DNA. That's trying to determine if you're a foreigner or not. That's not really all that complicated. And by the way, have I ever seen Newsweek advocate for open borders? Let's just take a minute to think about that. No, I haven't. In fact, I know that the guy who edits Newsweek's opinion column, Josh Hammer, is an immigration hawk. And I don't know if this guy's an immigration hawk. It wouldn't surprise me, though. The code is a replacement for the current requirement that passengers present COVID-19 test results prior to boarding. <gasps> the Chinese embassies in South Korea, France, and the U.S. have similar requirements. Travelers from Singapore on December 1st will be required... Will be able to enter China with a green QR code. Again, oh no, they want to make sure people who enter China don't have COVID. Where's the stealing your DNA thing? Have we gotten back to that yet? As the global time often used to float, Beijing's proposals stated, quote, the Chinese proposed global mechanism for, mut for mutually recognized health codes is taking shape. Again, just basic COVID testing. That's it. That's all you're giving me right now. China's requirements for inbound passengers, the paper notes, quote, can shed light on how a global mechanism for mutual health code recognition will look like. Okay, okay, where, where's the DNA thing? Are we, are we ever going to get back to that? Are we going to get back to that at any point? There are, of course, hard-to-solve privacy concerns with mandatory QR codes. Actually, if you don't want to be concerned with this at all, my best recommendation is don't go to China. Who is going to trust any national government with information about health and travel information? I've been wondering that for years, and yet passports are a thing here. What do you know? And who would administer such a system? Raina McIney of the University of South of, of New South Wales, in the words of CNN, quote, suggested that a central database of information managed by the World Health Organization or United Nations Agency might be the least controversial way of creating a COVID tracking app. That I disagree with, by the way. That'd be probably the most controversial. The World Health Organization, WHO, would perhaps be the least trusted administrator. I, I agree with you on that. Especially because that body has a questionable relationship with Yi Beijing. 
Again? Okay, no. Now you're now you're out of it. Are we getting back to the DNA thing? Ever? Have we gotten... Like, th this op-ed is called China Wants to Steal Your DNA. We're halfway through and there's been almost no mention of DNA. You know what? I'm gonna control F DNA. Okay, there are some statements about that. Okay, we found a few. Beijing is building its massive DNA database in many ways. For instance, it is conducting phase three trials of its coronavirus vaccine outside China. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I should also just ask, how is it any different than when normal pharmaceutical companies do that? Do they also take your DNA? I'm genuinely curious. The answer is probably not, by the way, because that's not how DNA works. How are they getting it exactly when they inject you with something? They don't take anything out of you. They inject you with something. Do you mean they're getting a theoretical survey-esque list of possible DNA matches? Well, okay, I guess that's possible. But at the same time, that's nowhere near as scary as a lot of people, as you're making it sound. And I should also note, I find it very funny that, what, 50% of the people who read this probably have taken a 23andMe? Really? That's trustworthy? But no, letting, getting a test for a COVID vaccine. That is, that is dangerous. This is nonsense, and you know what? That's our show, and good night.